1: There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting, too much noise altogether. In silence, there's strength and peace and space. Imagine, silent forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by Prost, silence. Exercise for Prostate Cancer, and the RS Health Penile Rehabilitation Program. Prost is a not for profit charity set up by myself in 2012 that aims to help men exercise during their experience with prostate cancer. If you want to know anything more about PROST, including our online service and USB product now available, please just go to prost.com.au. The Penile Rehabilitation Program was created by Melissa at Restorative Sexual Health. This is an
0: online program to assist turning software into hardware without leaving your home. This program was designed for people who live in areas where access to health professionals in this area is not available, or for those who are just too busy to attend consults, or even for those who just feel more comfortable learning at home with online learning and consultations online. For more information about this program, please go to www.rshealth.com.au. PROST means cheers to your health, so PROST to you.
1: November 11th 11am, 60 seconds, kids watch on the wall. Greetings, everyone. Today, we are going to be talking about something really new to the whole um, world of medicine with the doctor himself, Dr. Shanek Wick. We're going to be discussing transcranial magnetic stimulation or TMS therapy, which is a drug-free treatment for depression, chronic pain, and quite a few other things, including things like post-traumatic stress disorder. So... Dr. Wick will refer to you now as Shanek. Yeah. Through the rest of the podcast. Lovely to have you today.
2: Thank you so much.
1: And we'd just like to start off by asking you, how did you find out about TMS?
2: So I've known about TMS um, right well through most of through medical school. I mean it's been it's not actually that new. So it's been around since 1985. Um, so there's been lots of research into it and it's been FDA approved uh, for depression since 2008. So for most of my most of my um, medical school life and when I started learning about psychiatry and doing my psychiatry training, I was aware of it. I was just watching from afar as the evidence kind of poured in to support it and eventually it really did. It was a bit of a tipping point and then Medicare has also agreed that this is an effective treatment for a number of conditions, but in particular depression, which is what it's um, under Medicare for. Um, so, so I have known about it for a while, but I've been watching from afar. Um, and Australia is a little bit behind in TMS like compared to the rest of the developed okay. world. Again, as I said, America has been having it a lot longer for at least, you know, 13, 14 years. Right. Um, so that's, uh, and then in terms of where my, what sparked my personal interest in it is as I completed my training and, and I became a psychiatrist, one thing that I found challenging was when patients would be referred to us for, for mental health conditions, GPs would have usually um, tried a lot of different things. Um, many, you know, many different antidepressants, and when they're stuck, naturally they would refer to a psychiatrist. Sure. Yeah. So, so at that point, um, you know, we don't feel like we have that many options. So we may get a bit more, you know, creative with our medications and add another medication on, um, increasing the risk of burden of side effects as well. And I'll certainly, I mean, I'm guilty of that because, you, f- you know, somebody's referring a patient to you, you feel like you've got to do something. Sure, yeah. And you don't have too many tools in your arsenal, so you add a little, li- another little medication here. And I've seen you know, people on, on a large number of medications, for better or for worse. I mean, sometimes uh, there's no other option, but... I think there is another option that's an avenue that needs to be considered, which is neurostimulation. So, right in in psychiatry, in mental health, we have three pathways. I mean, maybe you could put four, which um, fourth being lifestyle changes, mindfulness, meditation, eating well. That's really important. But we generally use medication, we use psychological treatment, psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, many different forms of therapy, which is very important. And the third, I think, is neurostimulation, and that's where TMS comes in.
0: So can you just tell us what TMS actually stands for? Yeah, so TMS
2: stands for transcranial magnetic stimulation. So if you break down that word, it it effectively involves, um, it it, it, it describes uh, a focal magnetic field targeted towards certain parts of the brain activating that particular part of the brain. And when you do that, we can get um, areas that were once underactive in the brain to be active. Um, and that does take time. It takes a number of sessions. And um, and the way I describe that to patients um, is that if you want to be a, a master of anything, say a master of musical instrument, you need to practice. And when you practice, you activate the same neural pathways in the brain to eventually, after not once, not twice, but tens of thousands of times, you, you know, let's imagine a violin, it'll be muscle memory. Your fingers will know exactly where to go before your brain's even thought of it. it I mean, uh, consciously thought of it, your fingers know where to go. So the same principle applied to um, applies to TMS, and that's what the uh, creators of TMS uh, considered at the time of how can we make... Somebody a master of, of of depression, of of the management of their mental health. Wow! And mm-hmm. we found that by activating that um, certain pathways of the brain, we, we could make those areas uh, increase neuroplasticity, in, increase the connections. It's really a- interesting. And um, get results.
0: Yesterday, I was listening to a podcast on um, mastery, like mastery mm-hmm. of anything, and um, there was the specialist in there or the researcher was saying that they found that. 10,000 hours of practice in anything makes you a master That's
2: exactly right. Yeah. and
0: um, I thought that was really interesting because you know we think of people who are professional sportsmen or women mm. or amazing musicians or artists or whatever mm. as they've just got this natural skill mm. and obviously having natural skill helps but um, if you actually look at the masters of these things they've had over 10,000 hours of and mastery
2: I, and I can actually give an example I mean firstly on, on the TMS um So what TMS does is it doesn't stimulate the brain once. Very quickly, it stimulates the brain about 70,000 times. So we're trying to create that mastery but accelerating the the program, which is why on average people have about about 20 sessions of of, of TMS to, to get the results. Um, but when you speak of mastery, there's actually an exper- some experiments that have been done with this. Um, wh- one famous example um, was, uh, I believe, it was a U- Ukrainian man who uh, he was a teacher, just a, I think a middle school teacher, and he wanted uh, to see if you could create a genius. Is, is <laughs> it, are they born a genius, or can you can you create a nature versus nurture sort of argument? Yeah. Um, and what he decided was, look, I'm going to pick He decided to pick something. He had to pick something. And he didn't know really how to play chess much, so he learnt how to play chess. And before, he, he did this before he had kids. And then, you know, he started having children. But he designed the house to have nothing but chess-related memorabilia. I think it was black and white, the house. You know, like a chess wow. board. Really? Yeah. Nothing but chess books. It's fairly really eccentric, He's very eccentric, yeah. You'd almost nothing feel like
0: you were living in, like, Alice in Wonderland. Very <laughs> 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 likely.
2: Uh, nothing but chess. Everything chess. Um, uh, he's not a chess player, mind you And he created three of the best female chess players of all time One of them, I think, was the best of all time Really, a, a, another example um, that I heard very recently, like four days ago, was like Serena and Venus Williams. Yes, a very similar example where like it was this, this strong will of the parents to like basically create a genius, and they, and they all started very young. Mm. Um, so it just shows you that practice. They were so one important. of the
0: examples that this researcher used in the podcast I listened yeah. to. The movies just come out about oh. the father. Uh, of course. Right, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. I Heard about yeah. it. Yeah, and they were talking about that example about how you know they had some natural talent, mm. but they wouldn't have been masked. Without these hours and hours of practice and dedication, but
2: I honestly think natural talent, and I and I include mental health with this. You know, some have the natural talent of being happy all the time and mm. being and not having mental health issues. But I truly think that you know th- these sort of examples show that you know you can. Everyone can reach a certain level um, uh, of mastery um, with just with 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 the, with the hours.
1: Mm. So how do you go about assessing these patients as to what area you're going to actually work on in the brain, Janek? Uh,
2: no, um, that, that's a great re- uh, good question. So w- TMS um, can be treated for multiple different conditions and the reason it can do that is because we can stimulate different parts of the brain. We don't have to stimulate the same part. So in depression and anxiety disorders, so OCD, PTSD as well. The region of the brain that we have found to be underactive, and we've based this off years of research, functional MRIs where it lights up in the screen and whatnot, is the prefrontal cortex, which is around about, it's near your forehead if you had to Mm -hmm. point to it on your forehead, um, on a skull. Um, And that's the one from years of research we've been able to find is um, if we stimulate that area, we can get improvements in in the mood disorders and the anxiety disorders. Now, what about chronic pain and fibromyalgia? Mm -hmm. Well, naturally, we we wouldn't stimulate the same area. I mean, if they had depression as well, sure, we can stimulate that area. Um, But we would stimulate the primary motor cortex, um, and that would be the the region. So um, different parts of the primary motor cortex correspond to different parts. Of, of, of the body. So, if we if they've got certain pain in their peripheries, we, we target a certain aspect of that, um, of, of that part of the brain.
0: So, can I ask a question? And um, this is a very basic, probably a silly question, but yeah. we always say there's no such thing as a silly question. So, let's just say that you feel anxious, that you have anxiety. Does that mean that the pathway that is going on in your brain is mm. leading you to feel anxious instead of... Not anxious. So, what you're doing is kind of rewiring that pathway. Is that how this works, or or it how do you how does it work?
2: Yeah. So, in in a sense that that that's a good good way to describe it. I think. So we uh, we are. So neuroplasticity involves creating connections between tw- between neurons, and the ones who do it fastest and best are the children. So, like, I've got a son, and the speed at which he's learning things is, is remarkable. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I tried to learn a, a language, no chance. <laughs> and 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 but we still retain the ability to cause neuroplasticity, create connections between nerve cells. That, that that's what it is. And and TMS assist with that. And it also increases the hormones that we um, feel are responsible for, for different mood disorders, anxiety disorders, things like uh, serotonin Mm -hmm. or adrenaline dopamine. It also increases the amount of those hormones as well um, in in a well-regulated fashion. So it's working in in a couple of different ways, but I I think your example, um, what you said was actually very accurate in my opinion, you know, connections, it's creating Mm. connections.
0: Yeah, so I'm sort of thinking along the lines of if you have water running down mm. a hill, and suddenly a tree falls over, and it's hard mm. for the water to get that way, mm. then the water will go around that and yeah. find a new path that is an easier path. I think that's a good Yeah, I think that's a nice example. You can use that that one. That's (laughs) a
2: nice example. Yeah, Um,
0: I'm just always trying to think about. I think that like these kind of medical concepts are really confusing, and it's really nice to be able to put them in some sort of normal analogy that you can picture in your mind.
2: And um, in terms of neuroplasticity and creating connections, don't you don't have to take my word for it? If if you Google it um, under a microscope, just Google neuroplasticity under a microscope a video, um, you you'll be able to find it. You can see it sped up you know, sped mm. up um, in, in real time, you know, increased speed, uh, connections forming. It's wow. terrific. You can see it on a microscope. So, okay. um, yeah, it's very, very exciting stuff.
0: So is the idea if you do TMS that you may not need medication or is it to assist with the medication? Is it like a, like an adjunct or is it something that you might use instead of?
2: Um, The idea, hopefully, is instead of um, how not everybody comes off their medication. So if I had a patient, I wouldn't tell them to come off their medication before they they see me and start their TMS, only because we want to see improvements. And if we change multiple things, we don't know what worked. Mm -hmm. And it could have been just coming off the medication was the thing that worked and TMS, you know, it wasn't effective. We wouldn't know if we changed more than one thing. Um, To answer your question, there is... um, a significant portion of people do come off the medication forever and, and don't need another course of TMS. Wow! Um, so it's not—it's not everybody. Um, there's different uh, researchers state different um, kind of have that percentage differently. But the one that li- I, I last looked at was between 30 uh, in a big study was about 30 to 50 percent of people who responded to TMS um, could come off the medication.
0: So if someone was um, I, I noticed that you've given us a form that says it's now covered by Medicare which yeah. is fantastic so we'll um, scan that as well and put it in the yeah. show notes So for someone to be eligible for it via Medicare do they need a GP or a nurse practitioner referral to
2: you So we accept referrals from from um, everyone mm-hmm. uh, um, to, to be um, so what we would usually do if an allied health professional referred us a patient we would um, do a phone free phone consult, just make sure the patient knows knows what it is Mm -hmm. um, uh, before we book an informal initial assessment. Um, and uh, if they wanted to be seen privately and uh, they didn't come into Medicare, that's fine, we can accept that referral. Otherwise, we would um, liaise with their GP, uh, provide them some information, um, and a GP or psychiatrist um, can access that Medicare code. Okay. So we basically, we're basically happy to take infa- um, you know referrals directly from Allied Health, but we would then talk with yeah. the patient. So
0: the referral, referral could be from a nurse practitioner as well then, I'm assuming, because a GP can refer to a psychiatrist or so a nurse practitioner. I, I believe so, yep. but
2: I'll... I'll Double check that one. Yes.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Great. Sorry, joe uh, question. What about if, if you do get a referral and you rock up on day one, you've had a little yeah. bit of phone chat. How would I, as a patient, be mapped out, as you say?
2: Oh, okay, terrific. So um, so we had a little phone consult, and on the initial assessment, I'll, I'll take a history from the patient first because I want to know. I mean, I'm a psychiatrist. I want to I want to know their story, um, so we can optimize. The treatment. I also want to know why they are doing TMS. Um, yeah, uh, I think relevant to this channel. One of the most common reasons people don't want to be on medication that I see um, is, is sexual dysfunction. Okay. Uh, particularly av- among among men, but not only men. Sometimes with the women with loss of libido, and that's a really common reason. So during that initial assessment, I try to find out what the reason is, um, and and help guide us based on what protocols we're going to use and decide how we're going to exactly tailor the treatment and individualise it as best we can. Um, so once we've done that and we've signed a few forms and whatnot for consent, um, the mapping I- I- I is um, a very interesting one. So I'll, I'll be there. I'll um, have the machine. Um, and I'm sure the show notes will have a, a picture of, of the machine. Um, and what I'm trying to do, is I'm trying to do two things. I'm trying to locate that prefrontal cortex that part of the brain that is responsible for a number of things but executive functioning planning emotional regulation is part of it um i try to find that location and we do that in it um we do that by trying to well initially find a bit of a coordinate um like a guiding star and then we go from there and, and determine using algorithms um and and that coordinate is um, actually the premotor cortex we we're talking about before, right? Yeah, and we can find that place by st- uh, doing one stimulation of the of the coil, um, and getting uh, in, in a certain uh, in the right location, and when we know it's the right location because your finger and thumb will contract. Okay. So the, while this is magnetic stimulation. Um, you know this is not uh it's not voodoo science or anything pocus, if pocus. i had the yeah <laughs> if i had the coil with me I- in front of me i would i could fire it at my um at my forearm and my hand would contract it is t- causing a nerve cell so to actually i'm it. just yeah. c-
0: hearing people's brains go, oh, my God, does it hurt? Do you feel Uh, anything? No, No, it
2: shouldn't shouldn't hurt. So it is felt as a light tapping sensation. And if it does, for whatever reason, hurt, we just dial down the intensity. So we've actually, with the machine that we've got, uh, we're quite excited, but this is quite new technology. But we, back in the day, um, when I first started using it, we would determine that spot based on Physically looking at when your finger and thumb twitched. Um, however, we don't have to do that anymore. We okay. can use EMG. So, um, they look, uh, to put dots on their thumb and, uh, and we can see this the t- the first stage of the muscle contracting before the, the we the even visually can see yeah, it yeah. on a graph on a yeah. computer. And that means we can go with the lowest intensity possible, make it most tolerable for the patient, but we also know exactly where to go and whatnot. So mapping is about determining the right location, the prefrontal cortex, but also determining the right intensity because some patients need a higher intensity, just the nature of how their nerve cells are, and others need a lower intensity. And if we can aim for the lower, which is what our technology can, can do, um, we can um, make it the most tolerable for patients. So patients shouldn't be feeling pain. If if they are, that's, you know, well, that would be an issue. It, okay. We just yep. dial down the intensity. And then when they do their treatment sessions, um, it's 20 minutes long, and they're sitting on a recliner chair, um, armchair really, and they just watch television. That that or listen to music, or um, the, um and while. So do they the have
1: electrodes on their head, or what? No, they what don't have any the
2: electrodes on their head. So when, once once we we've found the positioning, all we do is we aim the coil, um, at um, at the at the prefrontal cortex, let's say for depression, and during the 20 minute sessions, it, uh, the machine will automatically stimulate. Um, it, it'll stimulate and then give you a break for, for a period of time um, and then stimulate again. And it'll just do that for 20 minutes. And most patients just either relax, watch Netflix or <laughs> whatnot, um, or listen to some music, um, talk, to the, talk to the mental health nurse that's present. So it's
1: 20 minutes and is it like five days a week or how does yeah, it work? Yeah, so the,
2: look, ideally five days a week. That's what the research shows we get the best results. And how
0: many sessions?
2: Um, yeah, 20 sessions, generally speaking.
0: So, you come five days a week for a month? For a month. Wow. Correct. Okay. So, yeah. it's a commitment, a time it commitment.
2: That's what I tell to patients and that's what I say in the initial assessment over the phone. Look, it is a time commitment. It's a bit of investment um, because ideally we, we want to pay, we want to see some dividends pay, pay off in, in the long run. But yes, it is absolutely a time commitment. We have Um, we do use like extended hours in terms of, um, so we have slots um, after work as well. So we run until 6.30. Great. Um, We've got lunchtime slots. So we are trying to make it as accessible to people who are working. And where are your rooms? Uh, Where are my rooms? Uh, We're based in Palmyra. So the uh, exact address is 25 Foss Street, Palmyra, opposite the McDonald's of the people who (laughs) know uh, know that rough location. And
0: so just... Thinking of that, then, so it's about $40 out of pocket. Yeah. And so, recession. five, four, uh, 20. So it's about $200 a week out of pocket after Medicare yes. for four weeks. Uh, $800. Roughly
2: yeah. speaking. And actually, that, that, that gap does reduce um, because uh, you'll hit your extended Medicare safety net. Okay. Um, so that, that, that gap becomes uh, about halfway. Uh, it's different for different people, depending on the of calendar course. year when you when you seek mm. treatment. But um, often that gap can be relatively small because yeah. your extended medicare safety net has been reached.
0: But the, also, the I suppose the thing about that is, at the end of a month, you know, it's not like ongoing for a whole year, is it? At the no, end of no a month, no. how soon after the treatment finishes would you notice whether or not you'd had an improvement?
2: So we ge- generally speaking, patients notice improvements. Around about the tenth session, Mm -hmm. so during treatment, some people will respond straight away. Uh, I've had a yeah, yeah, it's variable just because people are different. Um, But some I've had patients, of course, tell me you know uh, first day, first treatment, yeah, I'm I'm feeling it, I'm feeling better. Uh, But generally speaking, generally speaking, I tell patients you know just wait for around the tenth, twelfth session. I will review them. midway through, um, just to make sure we're heading in the right direction. We, If, if not, I can make some changes. We, we do have um, different methods that we can do to, to enhance it if they're not responding. But generally speaking, I don't have to change anything. We just continue on.
1: And what other conditions um, have you found, or the research saying at the moment, it could be applied to?
2: Uh, like Look, there's a number of different ones in the pipeline. So right now, things that um, are... Clearly being treated throughout the world, and it's very big in the U.S. and and uh, Europe. Not so in Australia and UK. For whatever reason, we're a bit behind on on that. But um, I- on top of the ones we've mentioned, so depression, uh, ob- obsessive compulsive disorder, post traumatic stress disorder, chronic pain, and I include fibromyalgia and um, you know peripheral pain. Depending on where where in your body, but there are physiotherapists uh, yeah. that yeah. are using it in the U.S. peripherally. Um, so they use it on part of part of the body. Um, there are um different. Uh, there are research going into ADHD yeah. uh, as well. Um, there's re there's a, some really good research so I' yeah, I've trained in addiction psychiatry um, and there's some really good protocols coming out for addiction so I'm really excited about that one it's a chap in Australia that's um, a professor in Australia that that's uh, leading some of the research but it's also happening elsewhere um, there's, there's a few different conditions uh, post-stroke depression as well and post
1: stroke depression yeah,
2: oh. and post-stroke rehab rehabilitation. Right. Um, so th- th- there's a number, and it's and it sounds like a big laundry list of inter- conditions, but that's because we're treating the brain. So mm. we just go to different parts of the brain.
0: Mm. So I'm thinking in our practice, and and keeping it in keeping with the penis project, <laughs> um, probably it's most likely. Like we, we would both see a lot of patients who would have erectile dysfunction and sexual dysfunction related to antidepressant use. Yeah. So ideally they might be able to do something like this to treat their depression or their PTSD or OCD percent, and then hopefully yeah. they wouldn't need the medication yeah. anymore so they wouldn't have to have the, put up with the side effects. A- that
2: abso- that's absolutely right. And, and honestly, that that's so many of my patients fit that. Category okay, and I can understand that 100%, I can understand that. Mm. Um, why that would be, you know, the absolute reason why you want to get off medication mm. um, is if, if for the reason I mean, either the either medication doesn't work or it, it does work, but the side effects uh, causing sexual dysfunction that's intolerable for a lot of people.
0: Mm. So, if someone had let's just say they had fibromyalgia and anxiety, yeah. Or ADHD. Yeah. Could they... Can one lot of treatment treat both of those things... ...or do they need to have a month for the chronic pain... ...and then a month for the anxiety or the yeah, ADHD? We would, we would
2: try to do a bit of both. Okay. In the same in the same treatment. Right. We, we, we could switch over. It, it, it really depends on, on how it is. But we, we, we would... You know, well, I would try to treat both. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it like one after the other.
1: Okay. Yeah. And I'm just wondering... Um, for the everyday person listening, it's sort of hard to imagine what this actually is, and a lot of us think of it as being something like the ECT therapy, yeah, electroconvulsive sure, therapy, sure. which is um, everyone has a mental picture from one yeah. of the cookies <laughs> nest. I mean, I've done, <laughs> so yeah,
2: look, e- e- yeah, that's a very good point. Like ECT does come up into the conversation, and yeah, and that's how does the, it differ? Okay, so it's actually quite. I mean, the both affect I mean, the the main difference is well, ECT causes a seizure. And the seizure is what actually causes the improvement in in um, in outcomes. Okay. So w- what it does is it. Um, w- it well, we don't even know exactly why ECT <laughs> works. Um, a little bit of a history lesson. I find this very fascinating. But um, the reason why we found that ECT was helpful, um, m- you know, hundred odd years ago, was because of patients who had. Um, who had say depression or schizophrenia, but also had epilepsy. And every time they had a seizure they seemed better. Right. But then everything somebody was like, Well, why don't we create a seizure? Okay. So they tried some awful methods of doing that. So they tried to give insulin and drop your glucose and Ah. people died. And then they tried to give malaria. Mm. and um, inject people with malaria basically or infect them with malaria and that didn't go well. You know what's so (laughs) sad about that is (laughs) imagine
0: how desperate you are to get better if you're letting people do that. Yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah. uh, absolutely. Um, So there were some awful ways. Eventually somebody came up with um using electricity which could be quite well controlled <laughs> now it doesn't sound great yes um and certainly it did at one point in time it did look like jack Nichol- jack nicholson's portrayal in yep. and one flew over the cuckoo nest um however it doesn't look like that now now they're muscle relaxants so there's minimal shaking and rigidity mm-hmm. there no fractures and why not however it's, it's more it's significantly more invasive and um, you can't Easily do it as an outpatient. You usually come into hospital to do it. It's generally reserved for the people at the extreme end of the scale, um, and you'll need an anaesthetist present because right, yep. you're actually under anaesthesia. TMS does not involve any anaesthesia. You can have it. Um, there are very few side effects.
1: Could you drive home after having it?
2: Hundred percent. Yeah, okay. you can drive home, go to work, no yep. problem. Yep. You won't have any any issues with that. Um, of people may get a headache and paracetamol will be fine with that. Um, You may get a bit of tenderness over the scalp area because you're getting a feeling of tapping sensation in the same spot. We just reduce the intensity. Make it a little bit of facial twitching because we're stimulating muscles near that region. Um, and, again, reduce the intensity and that that's the main thing. So, it is very side effect.
1: Thank you for that history lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's Fascinating,
0: isn't it? You know what I think so amazing? I should give another podcast
2: on Psychiatric History. It's yeah. very interesting. <laughs> it is yeah. very interesting. But, you know, I just think uh,
0: it's so fascinating that how much we actually get out of, like, TV shows and movies, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. when I talk to men about penis pumps, they've only ever seen one usually in um, – What's that? Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Oh, yeah. Everyone says, oh, yeah, I've seen one in Austin Powers. Right, right. You yeah. know, most people have seen their first dildo on sex in the city. And yeah, when we yeah. think about ECT and psychiatry, we think about one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Mm. It's quite fascinating how these things like mm. permeate. Yeah. Like, yeah. Isn't it? Permi-
1: permeate and become a permanent kind of yeah, imagery.
0: But you d- sort of don't think we're that impressed or, you know, mm. like by these things. But we
1: really are, aren't we? It's amazing. Oh, every day I'm using the George... Um, Costanza a quote from Steinfeld sure. in the shrinkage <laughs> situation. Uh, shrinkage, yeah, yeah. And it was like, yeah, yeah, I know what yeah, you, mean. Yeah. <laughs> you mean. You need to tell us that now. Uh, the quote. Oh, well, do uh,
2: um, you thing. know the quote? Yeah, it's a great oh, it was, uh, I, can, I can say. I'm a big scientist. Tell fan. us, how does it go? Um, go on. Effectively, uh, no, I mean, to give the context to the quote, um, uh, uh, George Costanza character from Seinfeld, the best character, I'd say, yeah. um, was uh, swimming. And then he was changing, and uh, Jerry's girlfriend walked in on him, saw him naked, and looked at him and kind of did a slight smile. And then he looked down and, you know, he thought, well, it's very small because he was in freezing cold (laughs) water, like ice cold water. And said, but there was shrinkage. There was shrinkage. (laughs) Does she do it? And then he asked Elaine, does women know about shrinkage? And she and she's like, what's shrinkage?" And yeah, so <laughs> it was like a it was shrinkage, like a, I think you did a baby t- a turtle turtleneck going in <laughs> or something like that. Um, so yeah, it was very. Apparently, women didn't know about shrinkage, and that was. Uh, and Seinfeld and they, has told Seinfeld us, has us has all told about shrinkage. shrinkage. Yeah. Excellent.
0: <laughs> Can I ask another question? I'm just wondering as well. So, if someone has um, anxiety or depression related to hormonal issues. So it might be mm. someone who's never had it throughout their lifetime mm-hmm. and their testosterone, in, in the case of a man, mm. is starting to drop or in the case of a woman, mm-hmm. her estrogen is starting to drop and so they're getting menopausal mm. depression or anxiety. Does this help with that or do you need to like replace the hormones as well Look, or is that – I you know,
2: would replace the hormones as well. But I actually, it's funny you mention that, but I, I've um, – so I'm starting to see patients in, in the palm location as well um that's quite 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 recent and I've actually uh, sent out a, a letter to GPS and, and and whatnot um, saying what my like wha- what kind of population I'm targeting mm, and I'm actually yeah. I actually mentioned that the, the, the population I'm I'm very interested in. Um, is that that middle age to late to, 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 to late age, uh, middle age really, so that 40 to 60 age when you're getting changes in your hormones. So e- estrogen levels. So there's, when your estrogen levels decrease, then you're more likely to have depression. It's a well-known phenomenon mm. called Definitely. the estrogen protective mm. hypothesis. So yeah, estrogen is meant to protect you from depression. And the moment mm. it drops, there's an increased rate of depression on the demographic chart for w- women around menopausal age. Same for men with testosterone the mm. and the androgen, andropause and, and, and all that It's usually nature. just slower
1: for men. Mm. It is.
2: It is. So, yeah, absolutely. I think TMS is, is a great example because medication, for whatever reason, hasn't been as effective in that particular demographic. Yeah. Well, so I that's think why I wanted to focus on that.
0: I think what I see a lot is men in particular who have – been to their GP, been prescribed SSRI treatment for the depression when they've come along later on for erectile dysfunction and we've checked their testosterone level, that's been dropped and often when we've replaced their testosterone, then we've ended up with no depression and they haven't actually needed the SSRI. So um, yeah, I think that's a great uh, so in that case we could fix the the hormonal issue for the woman or the man, and then send them along for TMS. Yeah, as well. I, I would
2: certainly, certainly. I think that would have the best outcomes.
1: Can mm. I just ask, taking hormones after menopause is that um, something that you deal with a lot of? Lots. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
0: Heaps. And I think um, there's unfortunately there was the big Women's Initiative study that was done in England quite some time ago now, like 15 years ago or so, and they. Um, misinterpreted the results and so HRT for women in particular got a very bad rap and that research has been looked over again now and um, HRT is no longer the big no-no that it was but it's trying to break down that barrier because there's a whole generation mm. of women who were told all these terrible things were going to happen to them if they used HRT and that's – and HRT's come a long way obviously in the last 20, 30 years as well. So I think, um, yeah, we don't – we no longer need to put up with these terrible menopausal side effects that mm. we used to mm. and it's important for people to know that. But I think this is a great other – there is a lot of women who still – for whatever reason, are really
1: reluctant to use hormonal therapy, so this mm-hmm. would be a great adjunct for that. Mm. So there's so many people that it could help. What's the minimum age that it's um, available to?
2: Well, there are being studies done in children. I mean, we we say 18, and Medicare also says 18 yeah. years old, so we're sticking with that. But I'm always looking at the research, and you know, once once we've got a general consensus, uh, peer reviewed consensus for children. Sure, but right now 18, to make it clear.
1: <laughs> so you're intending to expand the services just from one location?
2: Yes, that, that, that's correct. So currently we have a location in Palmyra and very soon we'll be opening up a location in Leadable. Estimated time would be mid-February.
1: Okay. But so is there any international organisation or any – so for, we do have an international listening audience as well as mm. nationally. Is there anywhere um, that people can go to to find out their local or where this might be available?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the, there is a few inter, international um, online directories. Um, t- uh, For memory, I can show it in the show notes. But I think it's TMS clinic specialists have an online directory. Um, uh, there are. The, the, I'll find the website. There's a website that lists almost every single clinic in the world oh, on great. one page. I'll find it for Fantastic. you. Fantastic. <laughs> we'll put it in just the show like notes. Yeah. Yeah. You'll right. see just how many clinics there are in the US. There's just so many. But um, yeah, that. Th- 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 I can show you that directory. So yeah. it sounds
1: like there's um, a great future for this. Mm. There hasn't been a lot of it available in...
2: That's great. So Australia. it has been around since about 20, uh, about the last six years. Um, in, uh, but uh, you had to be an inpatient in private hospitals. Okay. Yep. But now the the Medicare changes and, and the fact that it's now encouraging outpatient TMS and, and, and subsidising it has just opened the door because there was no need to be an inpatient. You know, If you haven't TMS, you should be going back. To work, do whatever you do in mm. your normal day. You don't have to be stuck in a hospital for, yeah. for the whole time. Well, it's
0: an absolute game changer too that it's covered by Medicare because you to have ten changer. sessions at one hundred and eighty dollars a pop for Correct. you know is very expensive, isn't it? Whereas to have um, you know Medicare and also it's going to save money on medications and
2: I all think sorts they of I think Medicare made that decision thinking doing it after doing a cost benefit analysis and yeah. realized they could save money if people. Don't mm. no longer need medication. Especially without
1: side effects. Yeah.
2: Especially without side mm. effects. But I'm a little cynical <laughs> with the government. They generally make decisions, I think, uh, based on, uh, on on financial matters as well. And um, medication is quite expensive because we get the PBS subsidy, but the mm. actual dollar price for the government is a lot, for yeah. a, a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so it's in you
1: know, everyone's interest to know about these non-invasive um, yeah. newer approaches. Shanek, do you have anything else you'd like to finish off with?
2: Um, no, I think, I think that's largely, I think, yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's I great. Really well, I'm it.
1: really excited to start
0: referring patients I to you. If it, so yeah. if any me of, too. any of our patients are listening yeah. out there and they would like a referral, then please come and see us and yeah. we'll, um, give you a referral.
2: And, um, you know, in terms of, the, I mean, uh, will we accept referrals from other mentioned, uh, any allied health professional, um, GP, psychiatrist, whoever, mm-hmm. Um, and we will, you know, get in contact with them. Uh, we're happy to do a phone consult um, to provide them more information. And we, it's on our website, uh, probably in the show notes as well. But we it, it's tms.com.au Can
1: you please spell that for us out loud?
2: Yep. It's um, N-E-U-R-A-L-I-A-T-M-S.com.au, or just Google it; it'll come up.
1: Transcranial <laughs> Magnetic Stimulation (TMS). Thank you, Sean. So much, Shanek. Thank you very yeah. much. For thanks, Shanek.
0: That was great. I'm thinking I'm going to come and see you as a patient myself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, thank Dude, you. Thanks
2: a lot. I'm going to tell you about a boy who lives inside me. It's
1: been there all of my life. Hi, this is Dr. Joe. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We're getting so many emails, so many questions and so much feedback. And Melissa and I are absolutely thrilled about this. What we'd really love you to do, though, is to share our podcast with anyone you think might benefit, including any man in your life. Simply download using your favourite podcast app or subscribe to thepenisproject.org. You'll get a weekly email and new releases, and this helps our podcast get more people and if you write a review and subscribe as well, well, we'll get known more widely across the globe. Meanwhile, let's keep the conversation going. Just a mystery to me, I've got a boy of my own now, it fills me with pride, to see him growing so fast
2: into a man.